navigating on my time span. I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating on my time spent, letting us know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me, and in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs investors and world-class athletes so thank you all for tuning in this show is for free and my guests do give their precious time to be here so i do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks i ask that the price of admission be you share this if you get any value you go onto your social media you share it with your friends you share it with your family you share it with your co-workers you share it with people in the streets look my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential and i can't do that alone so today's episode is pretty cool you're going to hear from jasmine gittins and she explains how when she was stepping into the world of real estate she actually was forced into the position by being fired after announcing her pregnancy to her workplace. So on top of being pregnant, she's now fired from a job. She's got to figure out this brand new industry. And not only did she figure it out, but in the last three years, she's done over 100 deals. So she explains exactly what that process looked like and now how she's moved on to bigger and better. She's still doing deals and she's also actively coaching across the US, teaching people how to invest in real estate virtually. So hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and today my guest is Jasmine Gittins. Jasmine is an interesting woman with an interesting story. Hear this, three and a half years ago, she announced she was pregnant. And a few days later, she was actually fired from her J-O-B. So with a baby on the way and a new need for income, Jasmine turned her sights onto real estate investing. She began to get herself self-educated, found mentors, and took action. In her first year alone, she was able to clear over 100000 in wholesale fees, free her husband from his nine to five, and today she's done over 100 deals. Jasmine is now based in Baltimore, runs local real estate meetups, and helps new investors get into the real estate space through her online virtual wholesaling courses. I'm excited to sit down with Jasmine today and pick her brain about what the first three and a half year journey looked like and the challenges that she had to overcome in order to become a six-figure earner. So Jasmine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marlon. That was a phenomenal introduction and uh, I am super, super thrilled to be here with you today. Oh, that's so awesome. So I do want to dive right into that. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, so three and a half years back, right? We're going yeah. backwards in time. You, you know, you find out you have a child on the way, which is mm-hmm. super exciting news. Yes. You make the announcement to the world and to your friends and to your coworkers in your workspace. And then yeah. they, they just fired you. Yeah. So I was, I, and I waited, right? So I didn't share, I was pregnant with my coworkers or anything um, for four months. So I finally announced my pregnancy, told my, my coworkers, shared with my supervisor, and I'm all excited and looking forward to uh, that type of response, right? And my coworkers like, yeah, awesome. And my supervisor's like, like, 
what? Right. So um, I could just see it in his face. Um, you know, I didn't get the response I was hoping for. And a couple of days later, I was laid off. So, um, you know, hindsight 2020, that was really the best thing that could have happened for me. I had wanted to get into real estate investing. Um, I had even dabbled in wholesaling like a little, little bit um, years, years before. And this was just the opportunity for me to like dive all the way in now. I was like, you know what, forget it. Um, I don't want to go back to a nine to five. I'm having my first child. You know, my husband and I have always talked about like when we had kids, the type of lifestyle we wanted. I wanted to be home with my children, um, you know, teaching them and just nurturing them. So it, you know, it happened and it, it happened at perfect timing. Um, I just dove all the way in. I was on YouTube University, got some mentors <laughs> and started to take action. And from there, we were off. I love that. I really do. Because, you know, there's so many lessons right there in that one particular space already, because most people do have these jobs and they are living comfortably and their jobs are giving them a good salary. And mm -hmm. they think that there's job security, right? But, right. you know, in moments like this, you realize if you're not the one creating the job and really bringing the value to the marketplace yeah. on your own accord, then that job security doesn't truly exist because somebody at any point in time for any reason can take that away. You know, so that to is, step into a space where you can create for yourself, I mean, that's got to be a paradigm shift at that point. Yeah, absolutely. That is, I mean, that is so real. And the crazy thing is I actually recreated this company's standard operating procedures, right? So they're operating on a system that I redesigned for them. And even still, right? Um, when I announced that pregnancy, you know, it it didn't matter, right? So being, never wanted to be in a space again where I uh, could be disposable, so disposable, even with all of the value that I was bringing to these individuals or to this company. Um, so yeah, I mean, at that point, it was like, I, you, ha you have to create your own if you're looking for that real security. Um, you know, that's based on, on, on your value in yourself. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. you now, like you leave the job, you step into the space, you decide, you know what, we're going to go back to this wholesaling thing. We're going to figure out how to make this work and yeah. how to make this viable. So, I mean, those early days, I mean, anyone that's done knows how tough those early days are. What was it looking like for you, you know, making that transition and really starting from scratch? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a challenge. It was a challenge in the very beginning, you know, just trying to, um, I would say the most challenging part of it was the consistency, right? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a quick learner. So once I got the information and I'm, I'm big, I come from playing sports, right? So I always know, um, look, if you want to be great, you've got to go to coach, right? If I'm, I play basketball, I play tennis. So I never have done a sport without a coach, right? So it's like, I'm not going to go into this space um, without a coach either, someone that can guide me and give me the right tools and knowledge. So I immediately, um, almost immediately got uh, two coaches at the same time, took pieces from, from both of them and, you know, pieces of things I've learned on YouTube um, and packaged it together that fit perfectly for me in my world. And um, 
I just started, I started going, like I, I got, I got my, my list. I started making those calls. Right. And it was just about the consistency was, I think, again, the most challenging thing with not having a supervisor that you have to, uh, check in with, you know what I mean? So, um, just adjusting to being in a, a true entrepreneur at this point, um, and having to hold myself accountable, um, was, was the most, you know, challenging thing in the beginning but once I got past that hurdle and uh, one of my mentors he helped me with that and understanding scheduling like understanding the importance of a calendar right I never really understood the importance of a calendar before now you can't I can't do anything without my calendar <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah making those initial adjustments um, but once I got past that and I got into a flow uh, it was on. And, you know, so when in the beginning, right, I was making calls from 10 to one, three hours a day, right? That those times are because, you know, we, we get into this um, space where we want everything to be perfect um, before we get started. Right. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, in the evening time is the best time to call Saturday morning, is the best time to call. And that is true. Right. But from my world at the time, 10 to one was the time that I can call, 10, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So even with that not being the best time or whatever the case is, just finding that consistency is when we start to, to get those deals rolling in um, one after another. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I, I like what you say about the best time because, you know, so many people will make that an excuse for themselves, you know, well, you know, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. is the best time or 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. is the best time. And I'm at work, so I can't make it or I have to do this and I only have five minutes before, so I don't want to start a conversation and then I can't, but then they never do it. So yeah. really the best time is like you're saying, it's whenever you can make it happen. Yeah. Whatever works <laughs> exactly. for your schedule, that's guess what? That's the best time <laughs> to start calling. Fact. That is a fact. Like, you know, you just have to get it done. Um, and you know, not be so wrapped up. Don't get me wrong, definitely take the 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 necessary time to just, you know, educate yourself. Um, you know, do do all that you can do. But at some point, you have to take action. Like I, I made a post recently. And I'm like, execute the plan. You know, like there's almost there's only so much planning and prepping that you can do. Now it's time to execute. Um, so so yeah, that's that was um, that was you know what I was doing um, in the beginning stages. I like that. I like that. And I really hope that people are listening right now and really understanding really what you're saying because you're giving them the keys. And this is the part where so many people forget right? Yes, it's important to get educated. Yes, it's important to prepare and to learn. But then if you never actually take the action, it's mm -hmm. almost as if you haven't learned anything. Because yeah. to know and not to do is essentially not to know at all. Yeah. So I like what you said as well, as far as scheduling. And you know, someone once said to me, and it just it stuck, and it sounds like it also stuck with you. Mm -hmm. If you want to see things get done, take it from your to do list, take it from your goal list, and put it on your calendar. Yeah, right? that's how we get things done when we actually slap it because I'm the same way when you gave me the first follow up call, because you followed up with me and it was so amazing. I was getting ready to open up my phone and you beat me to it as I was dialing your number in. It came. I was like, oh, man, she's good. She's really good. Thank you. Know? you. And like, it's impressive. So you put it on the calendar and mm -hmm. it gets done. Yeah. So let's talk about that first deal, because, you know, a lot of people, they get stuck right? Trying to get to that first deal and they'd never seen it happen for themselves yet. So from the time you started till the time that first deal 
I would say essentially closed. Mm -hmm. What sort of time frame was that? And mm -hmm. how did it feel in between that from beginning till that first, oh my gosh, it works? Yeah, yeah. So I want to say it was about 90 days from the very beginning to I actually closed the deal and like got the check in my hand. Right. So, I, uh, you know, and that's of like consistent from from the point when I was kind of building that consistency. Right. So um, in between the time for me starting and me actually like getting the deal, you know, I definitely had times of, um, you know, feeling discouraged. Like, OK, is this working? Am I doing this right? Right. But um, again, I understood and I had those coaches that were behind me and telling me, look, like this is a numbers game, right? Um, you haven't hit your number yet. Okay. So keep going until you, until you've achieved that. Um, so, you know, that was one thing that was, that was key in my business in the beginning, as well as understanding follow-ups, like you just mentioned, right? So, um, you know, making, calling people back 30 days later, um, after I had already talked to them. A month ago and just you know following up reaching back with them seeing if, if there was anything i could do to uh to help them right um trying to add value in ways that i could by i don't know getting quotes for them for certain things right anything i could do i was trying to differentiate myself um from other wholesalers that i know that are out there that are just making one call and being done right so that is what I was trying to do in the beginning stages, but uh, it was challenging. You know, I'm, I, I don't want to make this seem like it was a, I was just making calls and everything just worked out perfectly, right? It, I mean, it, it did work out, everything worked out, right? But in between times, you know, you're like, damn, some, some days I just did not feel like making those calls, but I felt so good after I did do it. Like I always felt great after like, I did it anyway. Um, I feel the same way with working out. Like I do not like working out. <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, I'm like, oh yeah, like I did that, and I'm mm -hmm. you know I'm walking around feeling myself now, right? But um, yeah, so you know, it, it, it was it was hard. It was hard, but again, having um, you know having the support from my husband uh, was really really big, really major, and then having the support from people that were already. Um, had already achieved what I was looking to to achieve was was helpful for sure. See, and I like this because I want to like, if it's okay with you, I actually want to hang out in this realm for a second, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the show is called Into the Mind. And I truly want people to understand the mindset that needs to be cultivated. Mm -hmm. And as you were describing everything that you were going through with this first deal and making it through these first 90 days, I heard so much comparison to what it's like being an athlete and you are an athlete. Yeah, right. And there's yeah. so much that transfers over from there, the discipline, the yeah. coach, the consistency, the yeah. reluctance to want to do it, but showing up and that feeling of ecstasy after it's all done. Mm -hmm. So all of that comes into play. And I think, unfortunately, people never see that because just like athletics, we see the highlight reels. We see the right. championship. That's what everyone is attracted to. That's what we get stuck and burned into our mind. But we don't see the waking up at 5 a.m. and dribbling a thousand times, taking a yeah. thousand shots, you know, going to the gym, icing, stretching. We don't see any of that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, as you're making these calls, I mean, eventually you get this check. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, congratulations. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, they didn't see the struggle. They didn't see the work that you put in to get there. 
So would you say it's a fair assessment that, um, you know, a lot of newer investors or newbies, when they come into the space, they underestimate the actual amount of work it's going to take? Yes, 100%. I get tons and tons of of messages and um people reaching out to me say like jasmine you know can you can you just look at my business and you know see what i'm doing wrong right i'm like you know sure i'd love to help you um in their cold calling right i'm like how many calls have you made i made a hundred calls i'm like (laughs) what (laughs) okay so you know to share um typically speaking in my business we make two thousand calls to get a deal Okay, so that shows you like if you've only made a hundred calls, um, you're not nearly you're not near you're not nearly you haven't done nearly enough to uh, to achieve that. But that takes knowledge, right? That takes experience to understand your KPIs, your key performance indicators, um, or just is sharing with someone like myself or others in the business to be able to give you that information. So I do think there's a lot of people watching YouTube and um, just thinking, hey, I'm gonna just make a hundred calls and I'm gonna get me a $10,000 deal. Um, And that can happen, right? But typically speaking, I I like to set people up for success when I'm working with them. So that's one of those things is having the right expectations going in. So yes, I say usually you're looking at um, you know, making 2000 calls to get one deal. Right. And guys, hopefully you're really listening, especially if you're brand new to this, that is gems right there. That's yeah. jewels because that expectation, having that in your mind is going to help so much more when you're out there in the dark and you know, you're running and you have no idea how long you have to run for, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot tougher. But if someone puts it in your mind, hey, you only have to make it to the next light post up the road. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier because you can see the finish line. But when you don't see that finish line, then every step feels agonizing. So to know in their mind, like, okay, I can expect to be somewhere around that 2000, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but it at least gives them something to aim at which is really crucial. I would say those numbers, you know, line up and match up, at least even in my own business, I could say, okay, that that's about, yeah, where my KPIs are at. If I make about Mm -hmm. 2000 calls, there's a contract in there without a doubt. Yep. You know, and then the better you get, the more, you know, you might find two contracts in there because now you know how to talk to people. You've gained a little bit more confidence, but anybody can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. Like, so those are certain things that I feel like, um, you know, help me, um, as I grew, and again, all of this, you know, this is three and a half years later, this is a uh, hundred, you know, de- hundred deals later, right? So it's easier for me to um, put these things into words and, and express them. But at the time, I didn't, you know, when I'm going through it, you don't, you don't really understand those things fully. Um, so, so yeah, so these are things that I love to share with people to help them um, again, set themselves up for success and having the right expectations going in. But this is definitely something that everybody uh, can do, really. You know what I mean? It's just about getting the right tools and, uh, and executing. Absolutely. So let me ask you, you know, especially yeah. early on, how are you staying motivated through the calls? You know, mm-hmm. throughout the day, you're making these calls. Are you you know, strategically taking, like for you, for example, you had a three hour window. Were you Mm -hmm. taking strategic breaks during that three hours? Were you dialing right through? Did you like keep 
smiley faces on the wall as you're calling like <laughs> yes yes all of that right <laughs> so, <laughs> so i did two things um so i blocked i time blocked right so from 10 to 1 straight calls uh, i'm not picking up i'm not picking up i'm not on facebook i'm 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 zoned in for those three hours um so that was the first thing and then the second thing was, yes, I did have my goals. I had a big whiteboard that had, you know, my financial goal for the year right there. And I just, I, I kept looking at it because look, those calls, you know, they can get, some people can hang up on you, right? I mean, the, the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to curse you out. I've been cursed out before plenty of times, right? So sometimes you uh, especially in the beginning for me, I was like, what the hell? Right. And I'm, I'm getting frustrated at sometimes. And, um, so looking at that number and saying, okay, that this is what I'm in it for. Uh, again, I was a, a new mom to be. Um, so I also had a whole nother, um, level of motivation inside of me, uh, and reasoning. Um, but I also, I, my, one of my coaches made me write a, a 90 day, um, letter to myself. So it was a letter that I wrote to myself in 90 days to say what I was going to accomplish. And I read the letter to myself every morning. So that helped me too, to just stay um, motivated. But as time went on, honestly, it, it got easier in the execution. Of course, it just gets easier because I was like, these people don't know me. Uh, they're not, they're not yelling at Jasmine, right? It's if it was if it was me calling you calling whoever was calling it was not about me personally. Um, it was the time was wrong right they they're going through situations right so I was like okay you're not you're not really cursing me out. I hang up the phone and I'm <laughs> on to the next one like and um, I got to the point literally you know a couple of weeks in people hang up on me I'm calling them right back hey I think we just got disconnected. And they're like, oh my goodness, right now they're, they're like, oh yeah, right. They, they don't want to say they hung up on you, right? So as time goes on, you realize these people, it's nothing to do with you. Follow up with them, call them right back, um, and then keep it moving. Don't even allow that energy to affect your, your, you know, affect your energy. I love that. I honestly, I honestly love that because I truly do believe that's the foundation if you yourself aren't set right, getting into the business, the business will break you. Yes. So you, it's up to you to rebuild and to reinforce yourself daily. Yes. Every moment, every opportunity, every chance you get, having it on the whiteboard, having it in a letter to yourself, reminding yourself constantly, surrounding yourself with the right people so that even when you're off the phone, the people that you're going out into, they're building you up. So when you come back, like you said, those people on the phone, they don't know you. They're not mad at you. In fact, you get to provide a service because now you, for a lot of times, you get to be an outlet for them to vent right. and to de-escalate and de-stress, you know, and I love what you said about the callbacks, you know, because yeah. so many people are afraid to do that when I, I love that because that's a game that we play when they hang up and call them back. Hey, um, you know, I'm so sorry about that. I think we got disconnected because who would be that rude to hang up, you know? Who? Who? <laughs> Definitely not you. Yeah, you no, know, you've been so sweet to me this whole time. I love that. So having yes. fun with it too, it makes yes. a big difference. Yes, yes. It really, really does. It, it changed everything, you know? And yeah, like I said, just not not taking it personally. Like I think it's the four agreements that, that it talks about that, like just not taking everything so personally. I like that. I like that. So now here's the thing. You work virtually as well, right? You yeah. 
are in a lot of different markets that aren't even physically, you know, you're not there physically. So a lot of people have a lot of resistance and reluctance to being virtual, Mm -hmm. right? But even if you live in the market, you're still picking up the phone call. It could be your neighbor. That's still virtual, in my opinion. So what do you have to say to that when people uh, have this reluctance to, you know, operating in a market outside of the one they live in? Well, what I say is, uh, one, the same steps that you're applying that you can apply to virtual, you can also apply to your local market. So it's not so much that it's, you know, a whole new um, model. You can apply these same things locally and virtually. But what virtual wholesaling allows, it has uh, it has really freed up our time, right? So we have more time availability. We're not driving 30 minutes to Susan's house, talking to her for an hour, driving 30 minutes back, right? We are now having that phone conversation when she's ready to, to sign a contract. We're just sending it via DocuSign, right? Now we can have more conversations. We're more efficient with our time. We're able to um, get way more deals because we can talk to way more people, right? So it's given me more time, freedom, and more money because we're closing more deals. Uh, And for me, I feel like that's what everybody is reaching for is um, financial freedom. And I think a lot of people skip over the time freedom because yes, you want to be financially free, but you want the time to enjoy it, right? So virtual wholesaling has allowed us both, you know, more of both of those things. So more time, freedom, as well as more um, getting more deals, getting, you know, financial. And another thing, and this was not something that we knew was going to happen, but this whole COVID pandemic happened, right? Now, uh, a lot of people are trying to transition to go virtual because, you know, some people don't want to go into people's houses as much, things of that nature. So we were already in a space where we were doing virtual wholesale deals. And it has, uh, you know, it has allowed us, we didn't have such a huge transition during this time. Uh, we already weren't going to people's houses and getting pictures virtually and doing, you know, virtual showings, things of that nature. So, um, you know, so that wasn't a huge uh, uh, shift for us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. I love, I love virtual wholesaling and I think everybody should consider doing it. And another thing that it does, um, is it gives you the option, it gives you the opportunity to go into the hottest market. So traditionally speaking, right. People go into the market where they live. Well, buyers might not be aggressively buying deals in your market. So when you get a deal, it's like, why can't I sell these deals? Because no investor is interested in in your market, right? Or as many are not as interested. So now when you're virtual, you can be strategic about the market that you choose um, versus just saying, I live here, I'm going to wholesale here. So mm-hmm. now you're, 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 you're making a choice, a strategic choice for your business to say, I'm going to go into Riley, uh, North Carolina. A lot of investors are aggressively buying deals there, right? So that also gives you confidence going in to your business because now you're like, let me get this deal. Cause I know as soon as I get a deal, I'm going to be able to sell it. A lot of, um, wholesalers, they're, they're concerned about what if I get a deal and I can't find a buyer? Well, if you virtually wholesale and you go into a market um, strategically and you already know that there's active, a lot of active buyers, you can totally negate that, you know, that idea and you can go in with confidence. I love that. I love that. So, you know, I do work virtually as well. I work the, like the Wisconsin, Milwaukee market. And, you know, something I like to do, 
and I advise a lot of people to do is work backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Figure out your end buyer first. Make sure, like you're saying, make sure it's a hot market. Make sure you can offload this product. It's simple supply and demand. I think a lot of folks forget that when they're looking at houses for some reason, Mm -hmm. that thought goes out of their mind. You know, if I told them, hey, you're going to sell teddy bears, you know, they would say, okay, I probably want to be somewhere where there are children, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to want to go and be around children to make sure they have people to sell the teddy bears to. Mm -hmm. But then when we talk about these houses, it's almost like they forget I need to make sure that there's a pool of investors who are going to want to purchase these houses. And I see a lot of people get held onto with contracts. You know, you go into the Facebook groups and Mm -hmm. there are guys and gals trying to offload these contracts and they're great deals, but there's just no one around to buy it. Mm -hmm. So how do you uh, suggest somebody, let's say someone wants to get into virtual, but they're like, well, I don't know what place, what area to go to. What would you kind of give them as a guiding step to finding a place? Yes, absolutely. So we take three steps um, to decide what market we should go into. So the first, well, the first one is, you know, before we even take the first step, we kind of think of like, you know, have you heard anecdotally, have you heard any um, potentially hot markets or is there somewhere specifically that you um, want to wholesale? Some people are more comfortable. They're like, look, um, I live in Florida. I would like to maybe find a hot market in Florida, right? Um, so we said, great. All right, let's take the first step. Is we will we'll look at we have this um, this resource that we use that lists some of the hottest markets for flipping houses, right? So if it's a hot market to flip, right, it gives you uh, it's about 150 of the hottest um, cities in the United States for flipping, right? So if it's a hot market to flip, then it's a hot market to wholesale. We can we can follow the investors, okay? Uh, the, and, and, you know, we can follow the investors. So that's the first step to see if that if uh, any cities in that state are on that list. Then the second step we take is we head over to list source and we run uh, we run a uh, we run a list where we're looking for areas that have the highest volume of cash buyers. So one of the ways to do that was look, we're looking for um, areas that have uh, a high volume of properties that were purchased at 100% equity. Okay, we have a couple other criteria that we put in there to make sure that they're investors. But for the most part, when people are buying property straight cash, um, that's an indication of an investor. Right. So we're looking for areas that have a high volume. Right. So if this if the county or the city that you're considering, if it's not listed, if it's if you know, if you're going through and it's in one state and there's, you know, 150 cities and it's number 150 or 100, if it's not the top five. Get up out of there. <laughs> yeah, so we're not, you know, we're not wasting time. So we let the numbers show us. We let the numbers decide for us um, what markets we go into. And then the last thing is um, we look for markets that where the price of the um, the average cost per home is between 150 and 300,000 as well, typically speaking. So we don't like to go in lower than that or too much higher than that. Um, so yeah, those are, those are ways that you can, that you can uh, verify what the hottest markets are and determine where you should start. Wow. See right there. Those are gems, seriously, because guys, I think that's going to help so many people, especially if you already are beginning to work virtually and maybe you're spread a little too thin and you're having trouble offloading your contracts, offloading your deals, maybe start to reanalyze the markets you're in and really start to niche down into zip codes, 
right? Yeah. Figure out what space you want to be in. Look at those top three zip codes in your market and then start to hammer your marketing in that particular area. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, when you get a deal, you're going to be able to offload it. You're going to be able to make a profit. And you don't want to have that stress and that anxiety of the closing dates coming around because yeah. that's not fun. Yeah, that is worse fun. than not having a deal. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, having that conversation with the seller, you know, trying to renegotiate terms, like, you know, that's something that you, like you said, it's just not fun. If you can avoid that um, by being strategic about your, your business, you're, you're, you're setting yourself way ahead by just setting that foundation. That's the foundation of your business. So, um, so yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then you can, you can do this from anywhere. Now you can, if, I mean, of course, when COVID, you know, whatever, whatever, but when you could travel and like, you know, you could be over here, be over there, like you don't have to go drive to Susan's house just to you can be out on the beach and like, you know what, I'm going to send you that contract right now. Boom, sent and, you know, and you on your way. It is. Why, who doesn't want to do that? It's the coolest <laughs> feeling in the world when I remember the first time I closed the deal and I was sitting right here in this room and yes. it was up in Milwaukee and I was like, wait a second, I just bought and like sold a house right. and I didn't even leave my bedroom. I was sitting in my I'm pajamas. Here. I was wearing my pajamas that day. I remember. I was just like, I'm, I just made money in my pajamas. Yes. Okay. This is yes. cool. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. It's just, it's amazing. So everybody should be going virtual, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be virtual. Doesn't mean it has to be 900 miles away. Um, even if you're in, you know, Orlando and you're, wholesaling in Tampa or you know what I mean it doesn't it, it can you can still you can be wholesaling in Orlando and live in Orlando I wholesale in the city that I live in I'm still operating from a virtual standpoint I'm not driving to all these people's houses um we can do everything over the phone we live in technology age guys yeah you know and I think by going virtual it forces people to really vet the leads and vet the prospects and qualify yeah. them and mm -hmm. truly make sure that they are qualified leads. So many folks, yeah. I think they have it in their mind that, well, maybe if I could get in front of them, I can convince them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Our job is not to convince somebody yeah, that they need exactly. to sell their home. Our job right. is to find people that want to sell their home and just convince them to have the conversation with us. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I would, I mean, yeah, I'm with you 100%. So I have a question for you. And yeah. this, I think is a big holdup for a lot of folks, right? Uh-huh. You know, we want to get into real estate investing, but I don't know anything about rehabbing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to rehab a house. And like, I'm supposed to ask these questions about the roof and the kitchen and the cabinets and the boiler. And I, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. So what do you say to those folks that that's their hang up? Like the fact that I don't know anything about rehab. Don't even worry about it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, To be truthful. So when when I first started, I will be honest. I had that same uh, I had that same mentality. I was like, okay, I don't know, you know, I don't I don't even know. I'm walking this first house. I'm like, all right, oh okay, I see that. I don't even know that much that costs, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but when you're doing it virtually, right? Um, it adds, you know, of course you're not at the house, right? So you, you're still asking those same questions. You need to figure out about the property conditions. So there's two things that, two ways that we go about um, finding out the, this information. The first way, which is the easiest way, um, and we, in my business, we do both. For every single deal, we, both, we do both and we compare them because we want to make sure 
um, that they, you know, that they align or it gives us, it gives us more uh, information about the market. So the first step is we get a deal or we're in the process of getting a deal, right? And um, we look for houses that recently sold, that were sold cash, right? So we're sold to cash buyers um, and we get the average of that. And we make an offer at least $10,000 below, right? So we're not even worried about the, the construction, the cost, all, we're, all we are doing is we see, okay, great. In this area, investors buy property for $50,000. So I'm going to get it for 40. That's it, right? You don't even need to concern yourself so much with the, because those properties that were purchased, most of them are going to need renovations. They needed rehabs, right? So you can just assume that, that the property is going to need a, rent, a full renovation. Okay. So that's the first way. And then the second way we do that is in every market that we go into, we, we, uh, we build what we call our perfect starter team. So that's our realtor, our contractor, and our title company. Okay. So um, we, when, when we find our contractor in that market, what they are providing for us is um, market insight. So we're trying to, we ask them, what is the average cost per square foot um, to repair houses. So we ask for like, if it needs a full renovation and if it needs like just some cosmetics, right? So we have a calculator um, that I share with my students and stuff. And we, we, we basically, you can plug that in. So if the, you know, if from the conversation, you realize that the property needs a full renovation or needs a lot of work, you can say, okay, uh, $40 per square foot. And it'll, it'll give you the, and if she's saying, you know, to give you the number, uh, for the, the rehabs, or if they're like, mm, you know, the property's pretty nice, we renovated recently, maybe it just needs to, you know, touch up here and there. Okay, that's cosmetic, $20 per square foot. And boom, right? So your contractor will give you that, um, that information. Um, just keep in mind that you need a contractor for that specific market. Uh, so don't use your contractor <laughs> in Orlando for Tampa, or even even here, I live in Baltimore City, right? Um, Prince George's County is like literally right next door to us. And that's considered a whole nother market, really. Like you can't use a contractor um, pricing here in Baltimore and in PG. So just make sure, again, um, you're getting those numbers for that specific market. I love it. I love it. And honestly, like that's like because so many people, they freak out about that. Like, I don't know where to lock this thing up. I don't know. And that first one you said is so, so spot on. And it's yes. so obvious now, but in the beginning it wasn't. And it's I almost know, like we have to like tap ourselves on the head for like, how did we not know? I know, same. I felt nice. the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Just like guys, there are cash comps. Let's look at the cash comps the same way realtors look at the on-market comps. Yeah. And then we get below that. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. You know, Very so simple. It really does. It helps like demystify that. And we want to repeat that for people so they understand that. Mm -hmm. And guys, this is the power too of having guidance, having a coach, having a mentor, yeah. having somebody that's already walked through the fire to let you know it's safe on the other side. Come through, step yeah. forward and come all the way through. It is going to be okay because so many people find themselves in a position where they have a deal in their hand, but they get nervous because they don't realize it's a deal. You know, yeah. it seems really scary to them at that point because they're so uncertain. And so they put it back down. Yeah. And then later on, hindsight shows them, hey, you just put down a $20,000 contract. Yeah. You know, hold yeah, on to that's it. That's happened. And, and I like to just tell people too, right? Get the property under contract, right? Don't even, don't just get it under contract. Well, what if I get the wrong price? What if you do? 
Okay, great. Like then we can, if you do, we can, you have options. You can renegotiate if the price, if the price was too high, uh, we can renegotiate, right? We can, um, you can, if it does, if it just doesn't work out, then it just doesn't work out. You wasn't, if you don't get it, it's also not going to work out, right? So um, just get the deal. And that can actually help you in the future. If the, if the contract was too much, now you can say, okay, now I've done this. You're going to learn from that experience and you can make adjustments moving forward. Um, so, you know, just get the, get the properties under contract and, and just take action, you know, and as you go along, you're going to perfect your business. No doubt about it. I like that. I like that because that taking action is going to lock things in. So yeah. quickly, you know, I've actually, I watched a few of the other podcasts that you've done and mm -hmm. I heard you speak about altruism, right? Yes. And yes. you know, that, that really resonated with me and that stood out. So could you go into a little bit of detail on yes. what that really means to you and how you incorporate that into your business? Yes. So um, yeah, one of my coaches back when I first started told me about altruism because he was basically saying, um, altruism is putting the focus, putting your energy and focus on what you're doing onto the other person, right? And trying to um, really fulfill their needs instead of your own. So for wholesaling, a lot of people get into the business and all they're thinking about is that $10,000 check, right? Um, and, and yes, we do want that. Um, but when you're having these conversations, you have to really focus on how to provide a, a true solution for that, for that seller, right? So I stopped uh, putting the focus on my money. All I could, all I, initially, I'm going to be honest, like all I could think about was the money. Like, I'm just like, I just want these checks. Like, tell me <laughs> how I can get the checks. <laughs> And, and I learned like the checks are going to come. Um, that's not even what you need to really put your focus on. You need to focus on how many, how, how can I help more people? Um, how can I solve more problems? How can I get in front of more people that can, you know, that I can, again, solve their problems. Um, so that's really what it's all about. So I said, okay. Um, so from there, right, I started getting, I was getting, you know, doing my calls, doing all my follow-up calls, and I had people, I was being more tentative, and I was listening more, right? Now I'm really hearing their problems, because before I wasn't hearing their problems so much, all I was doing was calculating numbers in my head while I was having conversations with them. I was like, all right, let me just get 10, all right, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't really listening to their problems, so now, um, or after that, right, you were listening to their problem and you could find, oh, you don't want to sell this house or, or yet like one my first deal, she, she had a house full of dolls and she just wanted to figure out that was her real issue. She wanted to figure out how she was going to transport her, all her dolls to her, um, to Atlanta. So, you know, I called pods and I got a quote for her to say, okay, it, this is how much it's going to cost. She was an elderly, you know, she didn't really know how to use computers and stuff like that. So, um, so I, I did that for her. She was thrilled. I got that deal. Right. So from there, I was like, oh my goodness, this altruism thing really works. Right? <laughs> um, so that has really taken over, not just like my wholesaling business, but like just all my business and just my life, like now um, really trying to put the focus on how I can be more of a solution oriented person for other people. And what I'm going to need for myself is going to roll in. I love that. I love that. It's the, it's the best approach. And I really like that. It's at the forefront of your business model. 
because yeah. it's true. When you help other people out, that's what allows you to stand out from the crowd. That's what makes you so much different versus every other, hey, we could give you a cash offer. You know, it's like listening to the real problem. And a lot of people still ask, you know, especially when they haven't stepped into the space yet. Well, why would somebody take less? Well, simple. Right. They value something else. They value their problem being solved more than they value the money. Absolutely. And if you're not listening for those answers, if you're not asking the right questions and actually listening, you're yeah. not going to know what the real problem is. You're not going to know what they truly want more than yeah. the house, than the money. And then yeah. it's going to be a battle over dollars and you're never going to win that battle. Like that's yeah. just, that's a losing battle almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, you know, when I, when I went in there and I'm just, I just noticed that because I was listening more, um, I was able to have better conversations, right? Again, better to uh, able to provide the, the solution that they really needed. Um, and people literally had offers like above my offer, but they would go with my offer because they liked me. Like it became, you know, now you're able to build that rapport. It didn't always happen. Don't take me, don't get me wrong, but like it happened enough times to, to prove to me about that by um, just focusing on their needs and them, um, you know, and, and building great rapport that we can get more deals done. I love it. I love it. So, you know, you worked your own business, you yep. got it to a place where it was, you know, consistent enough that you can recognize, okay, I can create an income for myself. I can support yes. me and my family. In fact, you got your husband out of his nine to five, which is yes. amazing, by the yes. way. You know, yes. so you know, <laughs> next it was week. so funny too. We didn't even realize it until literally the day uh the day of or before his last day, his last working day was July 3rd. And they had the of course they had the holiday off. So his official like first day was Independence Day, which was like wow. so crazy. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, we didn't even notice that when we put the notice in, but yeah. That is so cool. So you get him out. <laughs> And now you're actually teaching this to newbies. So, and not even just newbies, you're teaching this to people that haven't even adopted yet the virtual model. Exactly. You know, so how did you transfer into that space and pivot into the actual now coaching space? And, you know, how have your students been doing? Because I've seen some good stuff and that looks yes. like super rad. Yes, it's amazing. So, okay. Uh, so I transitioned because um, I was hosting a meetup, like it's a regular meetup, um, on meetup.com. I was doing like, a, um, uh, bi-weekly events. And that was a strategy that I was using to build my buyers list. Right. So, um, you know, when you set yourself as the, an expert in the space, people come to your meetups network, I'm looking for buyers, right. Other wholesalers, JV opportunities. Um, but I just realized, right. So I really, a lot of, uh, wholesalers, newbies were coming and asking me tons of questions. So I started a, um, another day where I was um, lecturing, I guess you would say, like giving information about wholesaling steps, things of that nature. Um, and this is something that I've just, I always, I love speaking, right? I love being in front of people. I love helping people. Um, it just, I don't know, it does something for me. So, you know, the wholesaling aspect of it, the actual business of it, I, I love, right? I, it's cool. It's awesome. Um, I love we're making tons of money, but there was still something that I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel totally fulfilled in what I was doing. Um, so I, you know, more and more people reaching out to me, asking me, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should just make this a thing, right? My husband had been told me a long time ago, 
to do this. But I, I was like, Oh, right. So now we finally made it a thing, right, for for some time now where I'm coaching and mentoring people on how to become a successful um, investing you know, wholesaler. We're teaching how people how to get their first deal in less than 60 days. Um, and we're teaching people how to be virtual wholesalers, successful virtual wholesalers, right? So um, we're teaching newbies, we're teaching people that already have wholesaling businesses that are now transitioning to virtual. Um, and it's been amazing. So I'm having students, I have a student now, just got a text from him today that he, uh, he just closed his third deal. And he has two more in escrow. He literally, we have, this is under 90 days. Okay, like he took action. Um, he was, I would say he was one of my most consistent students. Like he did not miss a day of call of his calls, like nothing, right? So the differentiator between those that have major success and those that have mediocre success is consistency. Um, I must, must say. But, uh, you know, he closed his first deal, made 10,000, have another student. He's closed deals, made 20,000. Um, I mean, they're coming left and right with deals, 10,000, 15,000. So I am so, so happy. Like that has built my, uh, that was the fulfillment. That was the little missing piece. So I feel so good with uh, knowing that I'm, you know, a part of a journey of helping thousands of people um, build their, their, their wholesaling business. And I don't, uh, this is one thing I, I'm, I'm not big on like calling ourselves uh, wholesalers, right? So you're a real estate investor who is using wholesaling as an exit strategy. Okay. Let's so go. I'm loving having, you know, all these new investors um, come into the space and being able to, again, be part of their journey because it's not just wholesaling. This is just the beginning. Then you're going to start flipping, you know, like us, we, we, we did our wholesaling at first year, made a little over a hundred. Then we started flipping, bought some rental. And in January, we're actually going to Rwanda to build affordable housing there. So there's no limit to how far you can take this. But yeah, I mean, we're having, we're having so much fun teaching these people. Oh my gosh. I love that. I felt it in my heart just now. Like you just got me so excited, you know, like, so being able to celebrate other people's success, being able to watch them go through it and to find out on their own. And I just, I love your approach with it. I like that you're a student that's killing it. You're saying like, hey, this guy is showing up and he's putting in the work. You know, this is why, like, I, again, like I come back to the sports, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think anything crazy if, you know, there's a kid that says, hey, coach, I want to be great at basketball. And the coach tells him, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And that kid shows up, does that. And then in his off time, he's working at it. You know, it makes sense that that kid's going to excel. But yeah. then the kids that kind of just sit on the bench or do the bare minimum and they don't really progress, we don't question why they're not progressing. But then when we yeah. step into our business, we think there's something different. We think it should work differently for some reason. Like, oh, well, yeah. if I just do the minimum, I should be able to get it. It's like, no, it's just like that kid over there on the team. Yeah. You're going to ride the bench if you do the minimum. Yeah, you'll get the yeah, ring I, I maybe think, at the end. Mm-hmm. But, I think yeah. we might have been... Um, these jobs might have messed us up a little bit, right? Because it's like, <clears throat> as long as you're doing the minimum, uh, you're still getting that check every two weeks, right? So, um, but you don't want to be the employee, right? You are that's that was that's employee activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. want to be 
the CEO, okay? You want to, to build the, the generational wealth and um, that's CEO activity, right? So you have to, you got to decide which, you know, which, which, you know, end you're going to be on um, and you got to take that level of activity. Right. I love it. I love it. And guys, just a reminder, you know, I want to say this to everyone because I really want them to hear this, you know, in the marketplace, right? Because this is what we're talking about. You know, everyone's equal. And I love that. I truly do believe every person on this person is, place is equal at the level of the soul. Mm -hmm. However, in the marketplace, there are some very clear differentiators yeah. and the marketplace only cares about one thing. And that's the results you produce, not the results you talk about producing, not the results you wish to produce, not the results you dream about producing, but the results that you actually create the same way in that basketball game. They only care about the shots that go in at the end of the day. When we look at the scoreboard, yeah. we only care about the shots that went in. So it's up to you to make that happen, to produce that result, to do whatever it takes and analyze your own situation and figure out what will it take for me to make this happen? Mm -hmm. You know, Jasmine's different. Marlon's different. Max Maxwell's different. All of these people are different. What is it going to take for you? to create that result for yourself? And how are you going to make that consistency and bring that to your own life, bring that to your own game? So I love your approach. I love that. I love that. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. We're almost running out of time here. So I do have two more questions that I always ask people at the end of these shows and I love them. It's my favorite questions. Let's do it. The first one is two books right? I'm a big reader. I love reading. In fact, I saw you on one of your podcasts and I saw your background and I saw the bookshelf. So I know you like I know. as well. I, <laughs> I do. I have a lot of books. It's crazy. So I want to um, know for you two books that were complete paradigm shifts that when you pick these books up, they changed everything. Hmm. Two books that changed everything. I would say um, changing the habit of being yourself. <clears throat> was uh was major for me um damn only two that's <laughs> I know it's, it's hard <laughs> um, and um if I had to say I'm going to go so that okay I'll give you that one's more personal and I'll give you one business one so a business one that changed a lot was traction I think traction oh. was a really really good book for me I love it. I'm actually in the middle of rereading Rocket Fuel right now. Okay. So that okay. is, oh my gosh, Traction and Rocket Fuel. Those two books are yeah. crucial. Amazing. Like, you know? Amazing. So I was like, oh my God, like reading. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I actually had that question for you very early on at the beginning of this interview. You said something that made my brain wonder like, huh, I wonder if she more visionary or if she's more integrator? Because you seem to have traits of both, like very bright. And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of hard. It, it is. I will say it is hard. I, I do have pieces of both, but if I had to define one, I would be the visionary for sure. Nice. I like it. I, you know, it makes sense because you have that ability to come to speak, to communicate, to create this picture for people, yeah. right? Yeah. And then at the same time, you have that discipline where you're able to get it off the ground and get it moving until yeah. your integrator counterpart pulls in. I yeah. love that. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's hard. It's hard letting go to integrator sometimes, but I definitely, <laughs> if I had to, to say, I'm definitely visionary. I love it. 
So then final question for you here. Let's imagine tomorrow morning you wake up and when you wake up, you have nothing in your mind. There is no memories there. You don't remember these last three and a half years of wholesale. You don't remember leaving the J-O-B. You don't remember any of the amazing things you've built. You are just a blank slate. Mm -hmm. However, you do actually find that there's one thought in your mind. There's one piece of wisdom, one little golden nugget in there. And for whatever reason, you don't question it at all. You just Take it, you accept it as truth and you run with it and you work with it. What would you want that one piece of wisdom to be? Whatever you're going to do, do it consistently and you'll be great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have to say. And I, I told my, I, it, this, the, and it, the reason it was came stopped so quickly and so easily is because I actually had this conversation with my friend and I was just like, everything I do it turns out to be great. It's just, a, it's just me. It's just on me to be consistent with it. Um, so that's it. I me. like that so much. I mean, it's at that point, guys, like hopefully that's one of the biggest pieces like of gold right there that you're ever going to listen to, you know, whatever it's impossible to do something over and over and over and not get better at it. It is just impossible. Yeah. So I love that. So Jasmine, for the people that want to connect with you that want to find you that want to maybe even sign up for your course and learn from you because guys I wholeheartedly I truly 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 believe in finding good mentorship and finding good coaches because it takes you to that next level so much faster and sitting here listening to Jasmine seeing the results she's produced she's already created the results listening to her thought process behind I am fully endorsing this like if people are listening to you and they are near you and they have the opportunity to learn from you I recommend jumping on that ASAP honestly like it's it's very rare to find somebody in the space that is teaching it and also doing it currently at the same time most people transition out and they don't do it anymore but you're still doing the business for yourself and you're constantly growing which makes you the perfect person to learn from so if people are looking to get connected with you where can they go where can they find you yeah so you guys can find me on instagram or facebook jasmine gittens j-a-z-m-i-n-e-g-i-t-t-e-n-s so jasmine gittens everywhere uh website jasminegittens.com and yeah, th those are the best places. Like just send me it. I mean, you can your friend request me, send me, send me a DM um, and, you know, just connect with me. I'm, I'm, I'm open and willing to helping as many people as possible uh, achieve success. Amazing. So guys, I'm going to have that in the description below. You'll be able to find her name. You'll be able to click on that link and get connected to her. And, you know, just show her some love, show her some appreciation, go on her Instagram. If you thought this episode was great and you learned something new, go let her know that, you know, just say thank you for the value. Because for me, this was a valuable uh, time spent here. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show. I'm looking forward to learning more about you as time goes on and growing with you and seeing, you know, what cool things you do in the future. And actually, you know, we were talking about this earlier you know, about having you come out to the event I'm hosting virtually on yeah. Wednesday. So I'm super excited that I know I didn't get a chance to give you much details about that yet. So I'll fill you in yeah. a little bit about that um, after we end this episode, but I'm excited to have you come out. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So please let me know. I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you soon. And Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you.
Enjoy, guys. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.